0: Today's author has been on Wattpad since 2011. Her novels Frost, Fire and Flood have reached over 21 million reads on Wattpad. She's a Wattpad star, a Watties award winner and has since got a literary agent. In fact, she's become a literary agent assistant. She's a mother. She teaches publishing workshop at the Vancouver Public Library, she has a YouTube channel and writing and has been published. In fact she's just wrapped an international tour for her brand new novel Witches of Ash and Ruin which is out right now published by Disney Hyperion. This book is a sweeping mesmerizing story of dark magic and brutal mythology set against a backdrop of contemporary Ireland that's impossible to put down. Today we have none other than Erin Latimer Erin, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. What an epic uh, introduction. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here.
0: Well, it's fantastic to have such a epic guest on the show. <laughs> um, I have, I think you were the, one of the first people I saw when I joined Wattpad. It was one of the first profiles that I looked at. And I remember just kind of seeing this picture. I think you were either in a fluffy hat or maybe had some like steampunky <laughs> goggles. and yeah and i read your profile and i was so impressed and intimidated in equal <laughs> measures cuz i just thought this lady is doing it all and maybe this is what you need to be this is like the level that you need to be at if you're going to like be published uh, <laughs> But I'm so curious to to learn uh, your story and hear about everything from your perspective and everything that's happened. So we are speaking to a Wattpad legend here. But I want to kind of rewind and, and talk about where it all started for you.
1: Okay, well if we're gonna go way way back from, uh, the, as, <laughs> from the very beginning. Um, as as we we mentioned a little bit um, before we started recording, um, a, a lot of us got our start kind of lurking in libraries. Um, every weekend. And I was really lucky to be homeschooled. Um, And I was homeschooled up until grade, I think I went to grade 11 for school. And that was my first experience with actual school. And before then, it was kind of just like I was this untamed, wild child running around. Um, And it was just tremendously fun. And, you know, a while ago, my mother actually phoned me and was like, did I, like, did I cause some kind of damage homeschooling you? Like, do you feel that you didn't get the experience that other kids got? And I went, oh my God, no. Like, I, the only reason I am a writer right now is because my curri- curriculum, quote unquote, was reading. Like, that's all I did for some I think grade 10, literally all I did was read book after book after book. And that's, I feel really strongly, that's how you learn what good writing sounds like, that's where you learn your voice. Um, And absolutely, I had just all, you know, free days of running unchecked around the my little local library, and I basically lived there. Um, And it was a magical place. I just uncovered like, you know, so so many of my favorite book series that were just had such a strong influence on me. And my writing were discovered in those days.
0: I'm so curious, what are some of these favourites?
1: Oh my gosh, um, I really really loved uh, the Redwall series.
0: <laughs> I I'm literally familiar? was, I was just writing down my own and the first thing I wrote was Redwall. Um,
1: yes, yeah, epic series and so long. I actually own most of the books. Um, And I actually grew out of them, and he was still writing them by the time that I had stopped reading them. I think I have, like, 15 of them or something on my shelf, Um, and I think he's still writing more. I also read, later on, the Animorphs series. I read a bunch of those. Um, I read some of the Goosebumps books, and I was, like, I was a very, like, Christian homeschooled kid, and I think... I wasn't technically allowed some of these books, but I think what made them so magical was I would literally like creep into the stacks and hide in the shelves and read these books that I wasn't allowed reading. And it made it a hundred times better. I also discovered the Elfquest books. I don't know if you've read the Elfquest comic books. Oh my gosh, Uh, they're ridiculous and I loved them. And they're absolutely not for children. One of the librarians had put them in the children's section I think because they're comics, they're graphic novels. Um, And I discovered these as like, maybe like a 12, 13 year old kid who was like super conservative, super Christian. And I remember opening them and seeing just like a full spread picture of two elves doing it (laughs) completely naked. And I was like, oh, what is this? And so this was just, I don't know, the library was just like full of secrets. Full of weird magical strange things that and I was just always finding new crazy things I was in the adult section just as much as the kids section I read a lot of Stephen King um so yeah I don't know I love the library I still love the library
0: <laughs> and and you've you kind of given back because you're teaching a course in the library or have taught one right
1: yeah I actually taught um quite a few courses at the Vancouver um public library Um, I've taught a couple on querying, um, because I used to be, I I have since stopped because it was so time intensive, um, and I'm full-time writing right now, uh, but I was a literary intern for A plus B works for a really long time, uh, which meant just kind of going through queries and pulling out the ones I liked and sending them on to the literary agent I worked for. That was a really fantastic experience because it really taught me how to write, um, what's called a blurb or pitch for my books because um, that is still something no matter how many times you're published that you still have to do you know I get people on Wattpad that are like how do I write a blurb and I'm like this is the one of the things that you have to learn how to do no matter what you want to do if you want to self-publish if you want to indie publish if you want to traditionally publish you got to learn how to write a blurb uh, so that was reading queries all day that was something that really really helped with that uh, so it was a great experience
0: So you went went back, you went to regular school in grade 11?
1: Yes, 11 and 12.
0: What was that like? What was it like stepping in the first day?
1: It was weird. I shouldn't say regular school. I, like my entire school career, so to speak, was a weird, weird thing. Uh, So I was homeschooled till grade 10, grade 11 and 12 were at this very tiny private Christian school that no longer exists uh called gvca greater victoria christian academy it was literally bulldozed like i i i was like oh, i'm gonna revisit it and see because it was just this horrible can i swear on this podcast is that okay of course okay okay it was this horrible piss colored building that was like doubled as like a church and a private school and it was just this I it had five people in my graduating class um but it was just this weird crazy kind of tight-knit uh, class and this kind of a cool experience uh, even though they were really really strict about and we wore we all wore like the kilts and stuff I don't know looking back I'm like did I do that that was weird uh, but yeah I, I went and visited it and it it was gone like I just drove around the corner and was like oh okay uh, did I imagine that no it had been bulldozed it was just like this empty lot <laughs> the trippiest thing <laughs>
0: and and when did you start writing how When when, you obviously started off as a huge reader, but Mm -hmm. when did you start actually writing your own stories and when did those turn into books?
1: So at my wedding, like years ago, 2011, my mom told this very embarrassing story about how when I was a baby, when I was really little and couldn't even, you know, like form words, I would pretend to write so I would, like, scribble on pieces of paper and then crumple them up and pretend that I was, like, frustrated at writing my book. I don't know where I got this from as a as a very small child. I don't know where I would have thought, like, ooh, it will be cool to pretend to be a frustrated novelist. I've, I'm not entirely sure. But apparently that's what I was doing, like, almost right out of the womb. <laughs> so I had all – like, my mother raised me with this great love of books. I started – with like a billion picture books. I remember going to the Scholastic Book Fair and it was like the gates of heaven opening and hearing angels sing. Cause, And it's still one of my favorite memories. Like I've always secretly wanted to be published by Scholastic purely because of the Scholastic Book Fair. It's just such a golden memory in my past. Uh, so I started out reading loads and loads of books. I was always that kid with her nose in the book. Um, and then I, I think my first attempts at writing were almost right away. Um, because I, when I was really little, I met, who was it? Was it who, who's the one that wrote a salmon for Simon? Do you know, uh, not Judy Bloom. There's another really, uh, really, um, epic children's writer. And I met her, she went to my church and it was kind of like a light bulb moment for me when my mom went, Oh, this is the lady who wrote salmon for Simon. I went, Oh, right. People write books. They don't just appear like magic. Um, and that was the moment, I think, that I knew that I really could be a writer, that I could try to make this a career. But I started writing little stories, like, much sooner than that, before it became, like, a serious thing. My my first story I remember was written in one of those little, um, you know, the Harriet the Spy, like, the little uh, compact books. I can't remember what they're called. But uh, I wrote Charlie and the Cool Cats, it was titled. It was an uh, epic story about a house cat who played hacky sack with a gang of other house cats uh yeah so that was my my debut uh when I was like I don't know nine or ten or something uh so I started out very very young and I and I didn't start taking it absolutely seriously until I was about uh, I don't know 17 or 18 when I started to write short stories and try to get them published that was my first foray into like Attempts at publication and needless to say that didn't go well. I've always been terrible at short stories I don't know uh, why I got it into my head that this was the way To get into publishing. I don't necessarily think that's wrong, but it was wrong for me Uh, So I tried to write short stories and I just started getting floods of rejections and back then they sent you physical rejections This is dating me. I feel a hundred years old right now, but they would send little slips and I would get them in the mail excuse me, and they would just be this like, oh, we're sorry, it's not right for us at this time, blah, blah, blah. And so I got so many of these that I had this weird idea that I was like, what if I like wallpaper my my room with them? And I think I got like halfway through the room, I got one entire wall, wall wallpapered with these rejection letters. And then I was like, kind of sick of looking at them. So I just tore them all down. Um, But I probably and I went on to keep querying and keep getting rejected and I probably could have wallpapered my entire apartment at one point <laughs> before I, th- I figured out I need to stop writing short stories I th-
0: I think that was the common advice that you got because I remember growing up kind of hearing the same thing it's like well the way you get published is you write a short story then you get that published and then you'll get another short story published and you have a few of those then it's time to crack the novel and I was it, it yeah it seemed to be this advice that was maybe floating around in the late 80s early 90s um absolutely and and how things have changed now and so when did you then start writing novels and what was your first book about
1: all right so the first book I ever wrote uh was called Threads it is up on Wattpad I shouldn't say the first book I ever wrote I should say the first book I seriously tried to get published um and I wrote it just before I joined Wattpad, probably you know five or six months before I joined Wattpad. And I, I wanted to get it published, so I queried it, not too widely, just a little bit. Um, and I got quite a few rejections. And then, and I always remember this because it was the most nerve wracking thing. I pitched it to an agent at a conference. And that was my first time ever interacting face-to-face with an agent and it was the single scariest thing. She was very, very nice. Um, and she's one of the, like, the top New York agents now, which is hilarious now that I think about it. Um, and she rejected me very nicely, not to my face, thankfully. Uh, but looking back at that uh, manuscript, it you know, it wasn't ready. Um, and I'm very glad that I didn't get it published. <laughs> But it did go up on Wattpad, and I did, uh, at the time, I connected with Rebecca Skye, who is also another staple of Wattpad, as you know, Um, and I had put an ad on Craigslist, and she loves to tell this story, she loves to say that I picked her up on Craigslist, it's her favorite thing, you're nodding because you know she has told you this story before, Uh, so I put an ad on Craigslist for a writer's group because I had just moved and I wanted to meet some fellow writers and it, you know, I got a couple of people coming, but it kind of ended up falling apart. And so I thought, you know what, I'll leave the Craigslist ad up for one more week and then I'm taking it down because I don't think this is working. And just before I took it down, I got another email from another person that wrote YA and I was really, really excited. Oh my gosh, someone else who writes fantasy and YA because I hadn't been able to find anyone local up to that point. And so we met in a coffee shop and we kind of just hit it off. Um, And I was really into querying at at that time and really driven. And she hadn't really uh, known she could do that even. Like she hadn't really like fully embraced the idea of like, let's go for this. Let's try to get published. Let's query literary agents. And I had never heard of Wattpad and she was very excited about Wattpad. So it was this weird exchange and it was kind of like fate from that point on. We are still best friends. We are still in a, um, a, you know, this little group of writing people. Uh, we call ourselves the, the writing coven. Uh, and we would obviously not, not now because it's, you know, the plague, but we would usually get together like once a week and we would have these writing sessions and these gab sessions about how publishing and writing is going. And it's a major support system for me. Um, she's one of my best friends, and so having this weird, um, ex- so having this weird exchange of like, she's now she's now published because I got her into querying, and I've had this amazing experience with Wattpad because she got me into Wattpad, and so yeah, it was just, uh, you know, everything good. Thank God I left up that Craigslist ad for one more week, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it also shows that you were putting yourself out there you know um you were you were making moves in the community you were trying to build a community or connect with other writers in your area mm-hmm. you talked about going to writing conferences you'd, you'd spoken to a literary agent you already got your head around around the process that you kind of have to go mm-hmm. through to have a shot at this um so you'd gone through so many steps and put so much energy out there that it was do you would do something really fantastic to come back to you which came in the form of the one and only Rebecca Rebecca. (laughs) 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 but that's really cool and this now leads us to the Wattpad part of your story where and what was it what was it like for you when you first started sharing your book on Wattpad so I'm I'm guessing at that point you'd shared it within sort of right with writers that you'd met or just straight to professionals
1: I did not really know what a beta reader even was at that point. And that was part of the problem, right? Um, so nobody had really read this book, except I did have a um, an editor that had been like looking through for like really basic things like spelling and grammar. Uh, so she helped me quite a bit at that point in my writing journey. Um, but, you know, that was another point of inexperience. Uh, in that I would never advise anyone to hire an editor at that point in their career. Um, And thankfully, she was like a family friend and gave me a tremendous discount. Um, But that's not necessarily needed at that point. And finding writer friends both through the Wattpad community and through Rebecca and that type of thing also was what helped me realize, okay, I should be, you know, working on my craft sort of independently on, on my own right now. I don't have to pay for anybody to look at my manuscript. Uh, and, you know, and of course, uh, a lot of other things, um, learning about my craft, learning about publishing. Um, uh, Wattpad was something that really helped me learn how to give and take feedback. Uh, and it was it was crazy posting threads, my first novel on there for the first time, because like I said, I hadn't even had a beta reader up until then. I think Rebecca and I maybe swapped a few chapters here and there but that was really the extent of it. So having having posting having posted a chapter at a time on Wattpad and having people interact with that was really cool. It was this really surreal feeling. I'm like people are actually reading my book. People care about the characters. Um and it was it was really my first um exposure to other people receiving my work and translating it how they were going to interpret it. Because that is a huge part of being published, is how people are going to receive your work and what they're going to, how they're almost going to deal with it, so to speak. Um, People will come up with wild things both good and bad of how they're interpreting your work. And you'll just sort of be sitting there like, wait, what? I didn't mean that when I wrote that character or, or that's not what I was trying to say when in that chapter. But that's how that person is interpreted it through the lens that they're looking at things. And it is a huge, vital thing that you that is so important that you learn how to deal with that, with other people processing your ideas Um, and your narration right Um, a Wattpad really teaches you that Uh, and that's one of the things I always say you know like I never see that listed as a benefit of Wattpad but which I find strange because that was one of the things that I think benefited me most not just like how people interpret your work but also you know Wattpad has been great for the most part people are so positive but you still do occasionally get a criticism sometimes it's very valid sometimes it's very thoughtful and sometimes, you know, you get the little more trolly ones here and there. It's not like YouTube Wattpad for the most part, the community is wonderful. But I think it's still important to, to get these types of comments, whether they're valid criticism or they're just like nasty people. I think it's important to learn how to process that. Um, not just the, the the important criticism or people interpreting things differently, but like dealing with the nasty comments because you will get that as an author And what I found was learning how to have thicker skin with Wattpad has translated over directly to like things like Goodreads reviews and people even, you know, like atting me, so to speak, in, you know, Instagram or something that's like, oh, it's a pretty picture, but it's a crappy review. And I'm like, thanks for tagging me, but that's okay. I can brush that off versus I know a lot of people who start off not able to brush that off and I think if they'd been on Wattpad and they'd been experiencing these comments they would have learned how to do that so
0: a hundred percent it's interesting I mean it's it's natural to um there's a very big difference it's a na- there's natural it's natural to cling on to the negative things but mm-hmm. there's a very big difference between that thoughtful criticism that kind of comes from a place where someone's clearly enjoying your book to the more the the way they clear to where they clearly do not like your book mm. and then they are they're, they're giving you some grief which is also in in some ways it's it's okay like it's nice to get when people are like this isn't working for me because x y z or some people a book just isn't to their taste and that's completely fine as well like put it put it down and move on um i know that i mean i think i've got like 30 something 30,000 comments on my novel on wattpad now and by and large it's people having fun in the story Mm -hmm. right people like yeah they're cheering for this character that character i was Mm -hmm. pretty open when i was first posting my first novel because it was the first thing i'd ever written and it was full of errors in every (laughs) single kind of error that you can imagine and i had i just said hey guys i am looking for feedback and i'm looking for help um anything you've got just please let me know and i got tons and tons of really really useful um feedback and made friends with authors that were more like hey no send me this and that let's have Mm -hmm. a skype call and like let's go through all the things that are wrong with this paragraph
1: that's fantastic
0: and because of that i and it but that was coming through from a place of um kindness really they they were help they were helping me it was that helpful criticism versus the comments that you get occasionally people like oh this is like (laughs) this is just like you know this is rubbish and you're like well there's not much you can do with that (laughs) but that's fine like uh, you can't expect your book to be to everyone's tastes
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah i i love what you said about authors uh going out of their way to to like private message you and be like hey just so you know because i had that experience and it's i actually remember it so clearly because they gave me like a like, a breakthrough in my writing basically DM'd me and just said, like, hey, just so you know, like, this is what show don't tell means. Also, you're doing your dialogue tags wrong. And it was kind of this, like, oh, moment for me. And I was able to go back and apply both of those things to my writing. And I couldn't believe what a difference it made. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: Excuse me. For, for me, it was, um, it was actually R.S. Kovach, who's a pretty well-known Wattpad writer. She wrote... Yes. the hit story the pirate king and I although she hadn't written that book when she'd reached out to me at that point um but she gave me like a full breakdown on everything I was doing wrong and she said look feel free to delete these comments afterwards but I'm just like telling you what needs to be fixed just in this one paragraph and it was like the light it was like someone had lifted a curtain and I could see clearly (laughs) (laughs) and and I, I took those learnings through the entire novel and um and the same process has happened to me recently as I've been working through my most recent book with an editor all outside of Wattpad where he he doesn't need to be nice because it's like a, a product, right? That he's trying to get ready. So they're much more direct. But having um, having being like kind of warmed up to that interaction and understanding that actually people are going to be getting right in your book. Like they're going to be getting in. Other people are going to be jumping in your world and they're going to be looking to delete characters, get rid of scenes, like take the things that you love and try and shift them and mold them. And you have to kind of be willing to, um, fight for some stuff that you really must have, must have, and then listen to them on some aspects where they feel like, um, where they feel like they have a really strong opinion about something and a, a strong reason behind why something needs to change.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I remember the first time I got an e- edit letter, I was like, wait, what is this? Um, cause it's just like, it's so much, it's such a huge amount of change, um for the most part I mean sometimes maybe you don't have as much developmental edits but I think that's pretty rare um so getting into like the traditional publishing industry and your editor sends you like a five to six page edit letter and that's on the small side right um and through Wattpad I was able to find you know like great people like the Wattpad 4 we started out that way um and we would exchange, We they were my first beta readers, essentially. Um, and having them suggest the big changes, the character development changes, you know, like deleting whole plot lines and, and characters um, teaches you how to kind of wrap your mind around major developmental edits because it is you do have to wrap your mind around it like every time I get one from an editor even though I've done this like three times now I still have to like set it aside for a day and just like process
0: it (laughs) It, it's true Um, I'm curious what was was Frost your big hit on Wattpad was that the thing that kind of took you to stardom so to speak
1: yeah, it definitely was. It it still is the one that has the most reads. I I tried to figure out over the years what is it about Frost that has just like gripped people compared to like the the rest of my work. Um, and I people really love royalty stories. Like I really think it's like the queen slash princess thing. And then there's like an element of uh, it. It came it the frozen movie came out oh let's say just i don't know six months to a year after maybe or i don't know i my timeline could be totally off but that definitely helped too because people see the ice magic and they're like oh my god i love elsa i'm going to read this but oh my god the amount of like is this inspired by frozen that i got underneath and i would just be like look at the dates
0: (laughs) i uh I was reading a a story on Wattpad and the author had put in in like the description like this is not a werewolf story, and then in in the first chapter you could just see all these comments being like oh is this the alpha is this the alpha and the author's oh, like no there are no werewolves <laughs> in this story there are no werewolves this is not a werewolf story, um, but probably writing all of that had just got it trending in werewolf or something like that I don't know maybe the algorithm had sensed something, um, poor author <laughs> and. And so talk talk about your transition to then um, kind of turning pro. So you, you saw this success on Wattpad. Did you manage to leverage that? And did then you start to see less rejection letters and, and more interest? And how did you go around getting your agent? Tell us that part of the story.
1: Yeah, there's always a level of, interest in, um, an author that has a big platform, uh, whether it's on, you know, fanfiction.net or whether it's on Wattpad or Twitter, um, putting that in your bio is almost always going to add a, um, an extra bonus, if you will. Um, if the agent is already interested in you, it's not necessarily going to like make or break you. Um, so if, you know, if somebody who's listening doesn't have that platform, it doesn't matter. If you have a great story, you're going to catch your attention anyways. Um, but if you have a great story and a big platform, that's amazing, right? Um, so I, I do think it had, because I would always add it to my bio. I always put like, um, you know, has, you know, a large platform with, you know, 50,000 followers, blah, blah, blah. Um, a lot more now, but at the time, you know, it would always just, always just adjust my, my query letter, um, would definitely add my Wattpad platform. Um, and my publisher actually, Penguin Random House has actually has it in my official bio. Excuse me. I don't know why my voice is going. Um, it actually has it in my official bio that I have had success on Wattpad, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it's obviously a selling feature, um, whether it actually swayed the agent, I don't think so. It really depends on your story, right? Uh, so I initially did actually have uh, my first agent and the book didn't sell when we went out with that. Um, and that was just sort of a matter of timing because uh, we had tried to sell a steampunk book after there was that huge like peak in steampunk. And then there was of course, fall. It, fell back down and everybody had bought steampunk books already and nobody wanted another one um and then I did end up parting ways with that agent afterwards um and then I got my second agent with a completely different book and through that whole time I was still writing on Wattpad I I had still put you know in my bio it still had Uh, the fact that I was on Wattpad and had an interactive fan base on Wattpad. I did manage to get a second agent and um, my book, The Strange and Deadly Portraits of Barney Gray, did end up doing well in the submissions process and sold within 10 days, which was fantastic. Um, And then we ended up um, doing quite a bit of marketing with Wattpad involved, uh, so that was really fantastic. They definitely helped boost the sales of of that book. Uh, so yeah, my experience with Wattpad is that they do work well with traditional publishing, whether you're doing the indie path or you're doing uh, publishing with a bigger company.
0: Yeah. And, and so how has that, um, is it the same agent then that has uh, sold Witches of Ash and Ruin as well? Talk us through what it was like turning from, being a Wattpad writer to then writing professionally and now coming out with your second book
1: yeah uh she also sold uh witch's fashion ruin um and that was that was interesting because my first book strange deadly portraits of brian e. gray was middle grade um and this is aimed at older teens and adults so it's a upper ya crossover technically um, and it's been a very interesting experience. Um, uh, everything about this book has been chaotic and crazy, uh, which is kind of funny because it's about witches and murder and serial killers um, and angry Irish gods. So, I mean, the, the idea of it is chaos and the process has been chaos. So it, it matches. Um, so originally Disney Hyperion bought it which was fantastic. I had an amazing editor, um, the process of, uh, all the developmental edits and the cover and everything was amazing. I loved all of it. And then I don't know if you saw it in the news of Publishers Weekly, but a couple of months ago, uh, Disney actually sold a bunch of their titles to little brown young readers. Yes. Excuse me. So, which is Fashion Ruin was one of the titles that was sold uh so that was this this was before like the world went to chaos um so that was my own little private chaos and so I you know um it was an interesting transition just before the book was released on March 3rd it's like a couple of weeks before that um that it was then became a little brown title and i had a new publicist a new editor a whole new team uh yeah but they have and at the time it was like i was freaking out and all of the authors the disney authors were freaking out because it's a huge change um and especially because my book was coming out and i don't know it was like 14 days or something crazy like that i was like what's gonna happen to me um you know are balls gonna get dropped you know because these little brown editors had just had all of these over hundred titles just basically dumped on them, right. To, to try to integrate into their already busy schedule. Uh, so it was really scary, but it actually ended out, ended up going really well. Uh, little Brown has handled it with just the most incredible amount of grace. Uh, my new editor has been fantastic. Just from the, we haven't had a lot of interactions yet just because the book is already out. We haven't started on book two yet. Um, My publicist has like, they still sent me on a tour, which you mentioned before. So I hit like five cities in five days. Um, My publicist was fantastic the whole time. He was in touch with me. Um, So everything went incredibly smoothly up until the point where a plague literally hit like day five and it was like things were starting to shut down. Um, And so I flew back home and I had one last stop. uh, Sorry, two, two more stops, a Comic Con and another signing. And those got canceled because of the plague, the literal plague. Yeah. So I just like, it was just, it's been a crazy wild ride. Um, but I've had a tremendous amount of support from like people on Twitter and the LGBTQ community has just supported this book. Like it's about sapphic witches and people were so excited about that. Um, and I, I've just had such amazing support. Um, from a lot of women, a lot of women are pumping this book up. And I'm just I'm so grateful and so happy. um, Because it's a very female centric book. And to just have women embrace it has just been like, I have goosebumps talking about this. Um, (laughs) It makes me it makes me want to tear up. Um, But they've been so supportive and so amazing. And just sharing it, I have these readers that are just so excited that their friends are probably sick of hearing about my book. Um, but I, I love it so much. So the, yeah, it's been a wild ride, but, um, g- really weirdly great
0: so far. <laughs> the cut, co- I, I absolutely love the cover. It's fantastic. I, I really, thank you. I, I think, I think it's so cool. And, um, it, you've done really well to weather that storm as well. It's, It is a shame, but it's pretty cool that you got to have at least part of that experience. You know, I
1: did. I got the majority of the tour, which is fantastic. And I'm so grateful that the tour, the tour started on March 3rd when the book came out. Um, And then, you know, like seven days later, shit hit the fan. Right. Um, So I got the majority of my tour. It was only two stops that I wasn't able to get to, so it was still, like, it was still, I got to live out, like, a lifelong dream of being sent on tour, so I'm so grateful that the timing was great, and that Little Brown uh, still went ahead with that, even though all the chaos happened, and I just want to, I just want to shout out to the designer of the cover, Phil Buchanan, he's the one that did the Witches of Ash and Ruin cover. It's that, that incredibly striking red and black, and then uh, the Raven on the front. I, I love it. I think it pops on the shelf. Um, and he even designed two versions. So I got, and this was, this is so rare. Uh, he sent me this version and another version that was just gorgeous. Um, But it was more white, white and gray kind of. And then it had this just chilling blood moon on the front uh, because that's one of the the omens in the book. Is it? Oh, my God, it's a bad omen. It's a blood moon. Um, And so that's what he had on the front and then the raven in front. And it was gorgeous. Um, And so he basically said, which one do you like better? Do you want to pick between the two? And I was absolutely torn. I think I I think it took me like a week to decide um, because they were both gorgeous. Um, And having that choice when you're a new debut author is so unusual. And the fact that he went to the trouble of making two of them just blew me away. But in the end, I picked the red one because I think it just has that quality that is, Ominous, almost, and I really felt that that um, that really represents the feeling I wanted to go for. Is just kind of stark and shocking.
0: <laughs> it 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 really does look fantastic, and it's so cool when we hear about this journey I mean you joined Wattpad in 2011 it's it's 2020 you were writing even before that so it's been it's a full it's been a full 10-year process to get Mm -hmm. to this point the point that probably everyone listening to this show wants to be at where you're going on book tour and you've got you've got your book coming out there's excitement around it you've got amazing front cover you're talking about having a team um, a publishing Mm -hmm. team working with two of the biggest publishers in the world like that's so so cool but it's a testament to it's a testament to your hard work
1: thank you i i feel like i i truly did not expect to be able to be on tour and not only that but to have my publisher send me on tour um you know i kind of expected you know i'll go to a few events i'll pay for it myself because that's the that's the normal right that's uh being sent on tour is highly unusual um, and just to have, and you know, I remember when my publicist sent me an email saying, hey, just, you know, send me the receipts for your, you know, your free food, for your, for the gas, for the Uber. And I went, wait, what? I, I can do that. Um, so it's, it's taken me a while to, to, it took me a while to wrap my mind around the fact that, yes, your publisher is sending you on this tour. Yes, they're paying for the hotel room. Yes. Um, so, and I, and I was just completely, honored to to have that <laughs> to have that happen to me. It still seems a little bit like a dream. <laughs> I had to pinch myself a few times. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but yeah, and I also feel like if I if I was, you know, to have a question like, how did you get to this point to to not say it's been 10 years, it's been brutal, it's been exciting but it has been brutal. There was times I lied on the floor crying and drinking too much wine and eating a full baguette, you know, like (laughs) there, that is not a lie. That is too accurate. That actually happened. Um, But uh, yeah, it's been brutal and it's been amazing at the same time. And I, I, love the saying, I can't remember who said it, maybe it was Beth Revis about how, when you see an instant success, you don't see the 10 or 20 years of blood, sweat and tears that came before that instant success. You know, there is there are people for sure that write their first book and put it out there and it does, you know, tremendously well. You know, Twilight is an example of that. That was her first book. It, it took off like crazy, right? But that's highly unusual. That is not the normal. Um, so yeah, I always think it's important if young writers or aspiring writers ask something like that, like, how did this happen? Um, that you include that you also you include your struggle and you include your privileges so they have the entire uh picture of what it takes right so
0: i 100 percent agree um the world wants to see these overnight successes people want to see that um and there's Mm -hmm. always the temptation to allow to be branded as such like debut debut ya author um you know Mm -hmm. on an international tour but we know how much work that there is in the background most times, most times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, that, and and I want to talk about the work. Um, what is your process for writing a book? How do you go about it? How fast do you write? Tell me how you get this stuff done, because we have to talk about the stuff that happens before the book tours, before the publishing, and that is right. um, often, I call it bum in chair typing time.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So That's a how, great way of describing it
0: how do you what's your process what's your writing process
1: uh so my process is a little bit insane I don't necessarily recommend it to everybody I always think when you listen to how someone talks about their process you should always uh take it with a grain of salt and figure out what works for you as a writer because everyone's going to have different writing styles but like I said before I always want to talk about hard work and privilege because I am an incredibly privileged person. So to begin with, my husband actually has a steady job. He's a banker. He's he was a banker. Now he's a financial advisor. So a he deals with all the money. I don't have to wrap my mind around taxes. I don't have to figure out the balance, the budget, etc. Because that would be I don't even I don't want to think about that what would do to my brain because I failed math in high school. Like I do not deal with numbers without my brain just being like, "Okay, time to shut down." Uh so we're pretty much complete opposites and that works really well for us, but it also means that he has the financially stable job. I don't have to worry about that. What also happened was that he gave me uh part t- I only had to work part-time. So I had time to dedicate to to my writing process and to learning how to write, uh, learning how to write well enough to get traditionally published. Uh, So that is a huge privilege. A lot of people don't have that. Uh, And then when I got my first book deal, the book deal was good enough, to put it succinctly, that I could put aside money for daycare. Because I knew that at the time when my book first came out um, I was had just had a baby Uh, so and the way that publishing works if a listener doesn't know is that you get your advance to begin with and then you get a certain amount of money once you deliver the edits and then you get a certain amount of money once the book is actually released on your release day so the chunk of money I got on my release day went straight into the bank account labeled child care because I knew, to me, having my child being a stay-at-home mom was not acceptable to me. I needed to be able to write full-time because, uh, like I said, this brings me into my process, which is a little insane. and may not work for everybody because I get done 2,000 words a day at least if I'm drafting I try to get more done. I like to get 2,500 or 3,000 words done. Um, And then usually I'm working on another project as well. So I'll draft two to 3,000 words a day, and then I will be plotting something else. I, I don't like to be drafting two things at once because I find that my mind doesn't switch well between those. Um, but I usually am at least working on two projects and I also am the type of person. And again, I don't necessarily recommend this, but I work through anything. Um, like I have OCD and anxiety and I would still push myself through that. Like I would be having a full on OCD attack and still write through that again, don't recommend that. But I, for some reason I do. Um, and you know, like I got, I got Corona, (laughs) like After, after my trip, I came home and I was insanely sick with what I'm 100% sure is the coronavirus because I fit literally all the symptoms. I wasn't able to get a test because they, they're not testing in BC unless you're a healthcare worker or an essential service person. Um, but, you know, I li- literally all of the symptoms, including the lung issues. Um, and I was, I kid you not, it was like 7 p.m., The child had just gone to bed. I was delirious with fever and I was still writing my book because I'm like, what else am I going to do? I could sit there and watch TV, but I, I don't want to, I want to write this book. So so (laughs) the book I have right now that is I'm currently editing it and I'm going through it and I'm like, okay, this, this paragraph may have been when I was delirious with fever. Um, So yeah, I, I do, I do write like nonstop and I and I have friends that will be like oh but you draft so fast or you're done a book in a month and like oh I wish I could do that and I I, I don't think that we're all built like that and I don't recommend it you know like um what's her what's her face the lady that uh she's a romance writer and she's even crazier than me uh, uh,
0: Nora, Nora Roberts
1: no Nora Roberts no oh Danielle Steele that's her name. So she released this article a while ago how she writes, like, 12 hours a day or something like that nonstop and only sleeps four hours a night and eats, like, chocolate bars and toast. And people were, like, sharing this article and saying, like, oh, this is insane. We shouldn't pressure people into this. This isn't a healthy way. And I I agree that it doesn't work for 99.9% of the population. But apparently for Danielle Steele, it works great because she's she's doing great right? Um, so I always say, take everyone's process with a grain of salt. Um, and especially for somebody that has mental health issues, um, if you need to take a break because you have anxiety or you have a depression and it doesn't work for you to write through it, for do not try, right? You have to do what's healthy and what's right for you. So I always, because my process is kind of crazy, I always in- <laughs> include the little disclaimer
0: you've given some amazing um that that is an intense process but i love it um i I think if you're getting if you can get to that amount of drafting per day then that's something very special all of a sudden everything just starts to happen really really quickly and you can start to get more and more novels out um Mm -hmm. as long as you're as long as you have that time to plot and spend time in the world as well i think i think that's i think that's really important as well it's like time spent in world um time spent in your universe like mentally thinking about it is something mm-hmm. that I think is very very important it came up on Fallon's podcast which was the last one where she'd talk a lot about how she'd use this dead time to daydream in her world mm-hmm. and so that then um as soon as she could sit down she could get it all out because she'd spent all of that time thinking up about what was going to happen um, absolutely so even when you have that that quiet time you can uh, like you say we, if you're feeling if you're feeling it you don't have to just scroll instagram right we're right. writers we're writers exactly. like it's, everything that we need is happening up here and i'm tapping my head when i'm saying that because <laughs> our, our job is to be creating as long as you can, as long as you feel like you can do it and you feel like you're up for it um and i think uh it's it, it's crazy how much how many times i can just sit and wait and people will be like, "Oh, are you bored?" I'm like, "No, we do not <laughs> get bored. Like uh, this is perfect thinking time for me. I am deep in the political system of my next book. Like I'm, Absolutely. I'm, I'm imagining this epic battle scene right now. Like, I'm fine. Um I'm looking forward to writing what I'm thinking, uh, which, which is, which is cool. And it's probably again, like you talk about privilege, it's kind of the blessing of being a writer as well, is that we have these. Imaginary, imaginary worlds that we can't wait to flush out and, and build for our readers right that's our job that's what we're that's what we're doing that's what we love to do and probably I'm imagining as well when you get into these big sit down sessions of two thousand three thousand words like time gets pretty slippery when you're in the middle of mm-hmm. that right
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I I um I'm one of those writers that really covets the 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 zone quote unquote and you can't see me but I'm doing finger quotes. Um, yeah I've and I've only hit the zone, uh, like a handful of times. Like truly hit it where I look up and I'm like oh shit I've ri- I've written three thousand words and I forgot to eat. Um, and then you don't know what time it is. I actually missed meeting a friend for coffee at one point and she phoned me like, where are you? And I was like, oh crap. Cause I had gotten into the zone and I didn't know, you know, what planet I was on essentially. Um, and I'm always kind of chasing that feeling, not because I want to abandon my friends at coffee shop, but because there's no effort in that if that makes sense, like you are fully immersed in your worlds, you're fully immersed in the words you're writing in your narrative. Um, And that that's, that's definitely a high I chase all the time. Um, And I have musician friends that do the same thing. Uh, Rebecca Skye's husband, actually, is a musician. And we were having this conversation because he was talking about like, uh, kind of like hacks, like how to get into it. And, you know, some people will like exercise really hard and then like drink a cup of coffee and, you know, the caffeine hits the brain after your body is tired and you get like almost like this buzz. And then he's like, oh, and then I can get in the zone. And I'm like, okay, I have to try that. Oh, no, wait, I don't jog. Uh, so (laughs) I got to figure another way to get in the zone. But yeah, I I love that experience. It's just like kind of like this pure, untapped well of creativity that you managed to um to tap into
0: absolutely it's speak. like it's like you step across almost into a different place and yeah. then sometimes when you go back and you're re-reading your novel you are like who wrote this <laughs> yeah. wow, who wrote this this is <laughs> this is great um and and something i, I a quote i read recently um, and i think it was by margaret atwood was said that Well, I can't remember the different when I'm rereading my manuscript, I can't remember which of the words which were really, really hard to write Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. which of the words that came easily. And so while it's true that sometimes getting in that flow state really gets some beautiful stuff at the same time, sometimes you've just got to sit down and hammer Mm -hmm. it out.
1: Absolutely. And it's funny because I was going to say something about this with my like two to three thousand words a day, because it's like sometimes I have a novel that will just it just all comes out and it comes out easily and I'll easily hit two to three thousand words a day Um, and then sometimes I have a novel that is brutal and it's like pulling teeth and I will maybe get two thousand words a day and that's that'll be lucky right Uh, so I really think it depends like project to project but I agree like when I when I go back and I read that I cannot tell the difference Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's the same
0: Every book so. is a every book is a different journey. Every book absolutely is a different journey. and and you you think it's not, but each book is different, but we just have to try and create these processes that we can fall back on, that work for us, that are tailored for us. And we have to kind of hope uh, that those we have to sometimes just rest on our system to allow mm-hmm. us to to carry through these kind of um through these writing journeys that we have to go on like myself I can't do it at the moment because all the gyms are closed but um Mm -hmm. I somewhat infamously will wake up do a workout then I have a caffeinated drink which I (laughs) drink on the elliptical and I'll, I'll write my book on the elliptical while I'm moving, I'm wow. writing, and and I, I found that to be a great precursor to getting into that flow mode, so that then I'll I don't have kind of any concept of what time is. I have the concentration mode on on uh, Microsoft Word, and then I'll pick up the laptop and look and see that I've been right on this machine for like an hour and a half, and I'm like, oh crikey, I got to go and like <laughs> get ready to go to work now. Um, but that's been something that's been working for me so far. And and then uh, I'm trying to now find my new system in, in the coronavirus world.
1: Right. Uh, yeah, that's a whole that could be a whole podcast, honestly, like trying to refigure out your system. Because I write in coffee shops. I love writing coffee shops. I don't know what it is, but uh, it's just like the background noise, like that gentle hum of people, you know, talking, glasses clinking, cutlery and the smell of coffee. I, I, you know, you can tell I miss it. I just really, that's where I, I thrive as a writer and to have that yanked out from underneath me for weeks and weeks and weeks, months probably, um, has been a readjustment. Um, in, a, in a way, I, I should be able to get more done, right? You know, cause I'm in this like dead silent office uh, but it, it really is kind of a, uh, a new thing to adjust to. <laughs> and I, I I use this app called, I think it's called Coffitivity, um, where it, it is kind of like that, uh, the sound of a coffee shop around you. And I kind of, I like it. I really like it. It's weird, but I like it. Uh, you have to find the right one. So you don't get that like weird, obnoxious laughter in the background or something. <laughs> There's like a couple different ones. Um but yeah, you can get that or you can get like the Hogwarts houses, like oh you're in the Slytherin Common Room studying slash writing. Oh, so sounds those are good really cool. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can get like ASMR type things, So I'll use that because I I can't have dead silence. I think I don't know why, but I get distracted if I have dead silence, which makes no sense. But
0: you no, know, it does. It, 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 I think it's good to have something in the background. It's what we're used to. I've mm-hmm. got my my last couple of questions here. So I guess we this whole episode is packed full of amazing advice um, for people <laughs> on their writing journey. Uh, if you had to have one piece of advice that you'd give for uh, people just writing, uh, starting out. What would it be?
1: Ooh, just one piece of advice. That's hard. <laughs> um, probably read as much and as widely as you can and reread your favorites uh so read first for pleasure with your favorites and then reread and pay attention to how the author is painting an image or evoking an emotion within you uh pay attention to the things they do really well so you can hopefully emulate that down the road
0: amazing and who, who who should we have on the podcast next
1: Oh, oh, that's a hard one. There's so many good, uh, specifically patters I'm assuming.
0: It really can be anyone as long as they've got a connection to Wattpad, however tenuous it might be.
1: Have you done Leah Crichton yet?
0: I have indeed. Do it. Oh, okay.
1: You have, you have. I have, I have. And she was
0: fantastic.
1: Okay. And you've had Monica?
0: No, I haven't.
1: Oh, have Monica on.
0: Amazing. She's
1: fantastic. She's such a gifted writer
0: amazing yeah awesome give
1: she can give your audience all of her best writing tips because she's just very talented her prose is beautiful
0: incredible erin thank you so much for being on our show and taking this time and giving everyone um all of this brilliant brilliant advice and sharing your journey with us like it's so inspiring um to see where you've got and how you've got there and and just really it's been like an ode to determination not giving up and now you're there, it's like you're you you are in your stride and I think you're gonna do some really great things.
1: Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for having me on, this was a lot of fun.
0: Absolutely, and for everyone listening, um, you can find more about Erin at www.elatimer.com. You can find her on Twitter at elatimerwrites. Uh, she's on Wattpad as Elatima. Tune into her show on YouTube uh, as the Word Nerds. And don't forget, her brand new novel, Witches of Ash and Ruin, is available everywhere now. But please do try it and purchase it by your local bookshop to support them. Erin, thank you so much.
1: Thank you.